Good morning, LinkedIn community. Welcome to this year's 2021 second episode of Coffee with Jim and James. Before we get started, I have to tell a quick story. During the holidays, you normally dream about sugar plums dancing in your head. Well, in our household, with the wife being a NACE coatings inspector, our dreams are a little bit different. So, James, I have to tell you, last night, instead of dreaming about the normal stuff, I was so excited for this episode. Elated, I was almost ready for this, amped up for this episode. Come on, guys. All right. Yeah, that'll make sense later. It will make sense later. Very At this soon. point, let me bring my partner in, James, to join the conversation. James, how are you this fine and beautiful morning? Hey, happy New Year. Yeah, we made it. Now everything's supposed to change, right? 2020 is over. That's what uh, I think that's how everybody thought, right? We're seven days in, man. Uh, it's not looking good. Not, well, not after this week, now. We won't get into that. Jimmy, I am well. I am up. Uh, we are not canceled, apparently. Uh, the, rumors, the rumors are not true. Not true. Um, I think the com competitors might have put those out. Uh, it's a new year, but uh, Coffee with Jim and James is back, and we are excited about our guest today. Super Absolutely. Let me, let me bring in our guest today. Joining us from the SSPC the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jim Kunkel. Jim, welcome to the show this morning. Jim and James, thank you. I'm very appreciative that you have me on today. That's good Jim, to hear. JimKunkel.com. Right. Yes. Well, um, actually, uh, the website uh, doesn't exist anymore, but um, you can reach my uh, email address at uh, Jim at JimKunkel.com. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Jim, would you give us a high-level view of... Uh, who you are, what you've been doing, a uh, little, uh, you know, little elevator speech, if you would, please. Yeah, my uh, my background related to the the coatings industry was I, I came from working in the uh, the steel industry in the service center side and fabrication, involved in powder coating. Uh, about eight years ago, the Society for Protective Coatings, or SSPC as it's known in the industry, had hired me uh, to do business development work related to the owners, specification firms, engineering firms uh, to help incorporate uh, contractor and blast and paint shop certifications uh, that we offer uh, to the industry globally. And uh, primarily, I did a lot of work uh, initially with the oil and gas industry. So I'm very familiar with the uh, industry, you know, its ups and downs and its, its pain points and things like that. Uh, currently, uh, actually, yesterday was the launch of a brand new organization where NACE International, which is basically a corrosion society that's been around since the 30s, and SSPC, we've been around since 1950, we've merged our organizations together, and we're now called the Association for Materials Protection and Performance, or AMP, A-M-P-P, as it's going to be known moving forward. I see what you did there, Jim. You were amped for it. Yes. I was amped. And in full disclosure, uh, Jim, we are, you know, we're recording this on the 7th. So that announcement came out on the 6th. Uh, there's a good chance, you know, this episode's a little old by now. But uh, I saw that on LinkedIn actually yesterday. Saw the announcement come across about AMP. And uh, actually, I put two and two together right then because I remembered you mentioning that in, in kind of the pre-show 
uh, workup and I put two and two together and was like, oh man, that's going to be perfect timing. So couldn't be happier with you uh, being on today, talking a little bit about that. So, so you mentioned it, um, AMP, you want to talk a little bit about the focus of the mission of AMP itself and, and your continued involvement in it. Yeah, no problem at all. So the industry, when you're looking at the, the global corrosion and protective coatings industry, when it comes to industrial coatings, both SSPC and NACE International are very well known. Now, in looking at what both organizations do, is we primarily think about it. We're protecting, preserving uh, steel substrates, other substrates related to the effects of corrosion and, and things that will wear and tear on, on substrates. For the organization AMP, we have to really think into the future. And we talk about material protection and preservation. Because when you look at, for example, a coating, a coating could be in your cell phone. It's on a lot of different um, uh, appliances. Um, even you have microbial coatings that go on to protect against, you know, bacteria and other types of, uh, you know, obviously uh, pathogens and things like that. So coatings are, are so broad and across so many different industries. Same thing when it comes to corrosion, there's different forms of corrosion. It's not just primarily like steel and concrete, but a lot of other different types of substrates that are out there. So the organization is really looking at, okay, you know, we've got over 70, 75 years of history related to corrosion and protective coatings. What's the next evolution of these, this combined organization? And that's why the aspect of looking at materials, um, in, uh, engineering related to uh, taking care of any type of corrosion issues, you know, stuff like that, um, you know, looking at maintenance and planning and stuff like that. In the oil and gas industry, if you have any type of downtime, it could cost millions and millions of dollars. So if we can work with the industry to help preserve and protect materials and substrates and things like that, boy, we could really be a very important uh, partner globally with multiple different industries and a lot of different sectors when it comes to transportation or manufacturing or research or you know any type of industry. For sure. I was just going to say on a note of that, I can't remember the last numbers like of NACE, but I think there was like 39,000, 40,000 members worldwide, something astronomical like that. You guys are, and I'm not sure about the SSPC, and I apologize for that, that I don't, but probably combined, you're well over into the 50 or 60,000 member range. Is that correct? That, that's definitely correct. SSPC has roughly about uh, 10,000 members. And the unique thing was when we were looking at the, you know, how, you know, when the mapping was going out to see how do both organizations kind of like overlay on top of each other? Would there be a lot of, you know, would we be cannibalizing things and things like that? What we found was that there was not that much of a, of a, uh, it seemed like a, that we had very unique memberships. So when we pull it together, it really added plus then take away. And it was just, it's absolutely a, a perfect merger of these two organizations that was attempted some years ago in the past. It didn't work mm -hmm. this time. It made so much more sense. And the other thing too, is both organizations do have competition from other organizations. I mean, we're, we have a nonprofit, you know, we're, we're a 501c6 uh, and a 501c3. So, you know, we do have competition out there. You know, you got big names like ISO that also mm -hmm. offers standards and other types of uh, programs and accreditations that you know, can be competition for 
our new organization. So, interesting, interesting. Let me. I, I'm looking for your perspective on something because it is. You know, I joke around at the beginning of the uh, episode being a little wacky, but being serious though, my wife has been in the coatings business for 20 years, and I, I hear just day in and day out since we're in the same office space, quote unquote, I hear a lot of it. You know, in your world, dealing with uh, corrosion, protective coatings, items like that, especially during the COVID time, um, you know, engineers working with them, projects needing to get done. Like you said, if a project, there's a delay, we're talking millions of dollars. What has COVID done in that respect or what have you seen? Um, how has it affected you all? And then what do you think 2021 is going to bring in regard to that? Have there been any uh, uh, leaps or, you know, anything, any, any way that it's working easier on your side? Well, we all remember we went into March of 2020 and breaks hit hard. Yeah. And the breaks where we've got to make sure that we can address the spread of the, of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. And a lot of businesses really had to make quick adjustments and that, that definitely impacted the contractors uh, when it related to the industrial coding side, where now all of a sudden they had to create new protocols and new safety programs related to testing of work crews. What happens if someone becomes infected? Um, the other thing is travel policies. And so for the first time in the coatings industry, you started to see that now you have a COVID specialists that would be part of the health and safety part of a contractor's operation. But they also had to work that in conjunction with, for example, if they're doing projects at ExxonMobil or Chevron or whoever it might be, now they have a policy when it comes to visitors who come into the plant. Yep. They have to be tested. If they tested positive, they have to have uh, an isolation period. So the interesting thing with it, it was that it did impact early in the spring. Companies started to adjust, but projects still had to be done. So the industry, when it comes to contractors, some contractors were hit with slowness. Some had slowdown. Some were okay, depending on, again, what their customer was. Because a lot of times, if you're working in a, you know, a hospital facility or, or you're doing you know, floor coatings in a prison prison system or institutional, you know, they have certain types of policies and regulations regarding health and safety that, you know, as a contractor, you're going to be in compliance with that type of a customer. But when it came, for example, to oil and gas or some of the other work related to industries, they had to really make quick adjustments. Now, the contractors have made adjustments, but that also caused extra cost insurance. There has to be extra insurance relating to business interruption and things like that. And then going into 2021, this stuff has all been kind of baked into a lot of what needs to be done. Corrosion continues to happen. Coating projects have to happen. It doesn't matter if the oil industry is in a boom and a bust. The coating projects still have to go on. Now, they might be prioritized differently because of, obviously, uh, uh, issues related to capital availability and things like that for project money. Um, but it also gives an opportunity for a lot of companies to look at maybe some maintenance painting to delay the inevitable, you know, complete recoding of a particular section of pipeline or inside a facility and operation. So um, the industry has adjusted to it. SSPC, I can speak on the SSPC side. You know, we took a hit early regarding the training and the professional certifications, the class stuff that we would do. We had to quickly evolve into 
what we would call instructor and led virtual classes, then do practical where we actually have to sometimes go on site to do practical instrumentation testing, do that after when lockdowns and, and, and restrictions started to get uh, eased up. We also moved quickly to take what we could take from a classroom that doesn't require you really to be in a classroom, put it online. So SSPC, we made a quick adjustment. We got stuff online. We did virtual lead instructors. We ended the year relatively in great shape where before going into this, we, you know, if we didn't do anything, we would have been probably in a, in a little bit of a, a little bit of a tight situation when it comes to revenues, because again, as a, as a nonprofit organization, you know, we're relied a lot on revenues that we're bringing in to not only pay like my salary and, and sustain, but also to sustain the organization. So our members, our corporate members, the industry really, really came through for us. And, and I greatly appreciate the industry that I work in because of the support. I remember that. I think we can all scream that from the rooftops. Jim, you, you mentioned, I mean, you talked about how the contractors pivoted and and during COVID-19, um, you know, I think us three on this, on this show today had to do something similar. And, uh, you know, when I learned a little bit more about you and Jim came to me and said, you know, I've got a group, you know, possible guest. And uh, I started to dig in a little bit. We saw obviously that you uh, kind of started a YouTube channel this past year, uh, similar to our story and uh, you want to talk to people a little bit about you know what your focus is with the channel what you know what your vision is and uh, how what launched you you know down this path similar to how Jim and I uh, find ourselves today. So really what launched everything I'm, I'm a very my biggest platform that I really love and cherish is LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been absolutely a godsend for me, both as a business development manager, but also too is, I don't want to say I'm an influencer, but people do reach out to me for questions and for, for assistance. And maybe I don't have the answer, but I can at least get them to the person or get that answer from somebody else to get to them. And through the process going into 2019, I started doing some little type of videos and people said, wow, I really like that. You're putting a lot of good content, a lot of great information. So then going into January, 2020, I decided to go ahead and launch a YouTube channel. And if you go back and watch like my initial videos, I mean, they're really poorly edited. They're, they're horrific, but my quality when it comes to editing and production skills got better over the year. Um, the biggest um, lift for me was when I went to the world of concrete in Las Vegas and I would do a daily, you know, I would take my breaks because I was exhibiting there. I would take my breaks and use my breaks to go around and interview different companies regarding technologies for, you know, preparing concrete, working on coatings and things like that. And I would put those out there every day and tag in through LinkedIn to uh, world of concrete. And I was getting 400, 500, 800 hits that night. And it's a rush. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I've got like 20 subscribers to my YouTube channel and I'm getting, you know, 800, whatever hits on this stuff. So what I decided to do is I got to go and keep doing this. So I started doing global topic and the global topic is basically a 15 to 20 minute interview. We talk about topics in corrosion, protective coatings, 
and I interview really industry experts on different topics and things like that. In addition to that, I decided to do what's called two-minute lessons. So I do two, these two-minute video lessons on technical topics, and I primarily focus on LinkedIn because LinkedIn has really, although I only have about 660 subscribers to my channel for this, the first year, LinkedIn, the views have been 17, 18, thousands. And I mean, the, the amount of views through just even the LinkedIn viewer has been a, outstanding. And my network has grown. The outreach for people coming to me, asking me for questions, you know, asking me questions or wanting to connect with me has been awesome. And I know it benefited me as a business development manager. I know it benefited the Society for Protective Coatings. And I know what I'm doing is going to benefit AMP. I know it will, because again, people want technical content. They want to understand. They want to be able to talk about these technical topics. So through the whole year, I did 60 just global topic episodes. And I think with um, the two minute lessons, I think around 135 of those. And wow. um, so going into 2021, I've stepped up my game when it came to, I, I took almost three weeks off at the end of the year and I brushed up on editing skills, interviewing skills, recording skills. And now I'm making a leap into um, IGTV related to Instagram. And I'm looking obviously to really expand on what I do on LinkedIn. I do uh, a quiz question every day and uh, people oh. respond to those. And just the, the amount of responses I get are absolutely out, outstanding. Now, this morning, I changed my profile from my, my job position to rep, rep, obviously reflect AMP. And um, I think I've got like a couple hundred people congratulating me. On, but they're asking me, why did you change? Why did you leave SSPC? <laughs> so I'm literally posting that no, no, ACE no, no. <laughs> plus SSPC equals AMP. So people understand that I have not left the Society of Reproductive Codings. I've evolved with the organization into the new organization, which is AMP. And uh, uh, I appreciate, again, like I say, my network. If it wasn't for LinkedIn and my connections, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm so proud of uh, the connections. I'm proud of the platform and uh, this, the abilities uh, and the opportunities that it brings to anybody who uses LinkedIn. Amen. Um, wow. yeah, there was two things I was going to bring up. One was you mentioned something about go back and watch some of the first ones and how funny they are. Jim and I actually had a brainstorming session a few days ago. I think it was Monday, maybe. Uh, yeah. When we got back from the holidays and we watched the first one together, kind of streamed it. And um, it, it's very eye opening to what. Um, you know, this whole thing has become. So uh, definitely can understand that. Uh, the other thing is, man, the LinkedIn community has been fantastic, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what a great group. Coupled with our, our respective industries specifically uh, and the overlap, man, just you could not ask for better people to be involved with for well, sure. You know, and the thing with it too, with LinkedIn, for example, uh, LinkedIn, um, you know, some time ago when oil field connections was started by Sarge Summers. Now, yep. I, I know Sarge mm -hmm. for years. Me um, too. For, for me, he's been an inspiration for me, both uh, as a professional and spiritually as well. And the thing with it was when I started connecting with the members of oil field connections and then some of the other, in, uh, uh, other uh, industry related, oil and gas industry related 
organizations, um, that professional networking has been amazing for me because you know what, as a business development person, if I am looking at a particular company to try to get a contact to to talk to them, I can reach out to these different network connections that I have and, and be able to get a better referral than I would if I was just cold calling by finding a name on LinkedIn. Yep. And I'll say, I mean, just look at this. You and I met on LinkedIn because of your quiz. I thought your quiz was great. It was funny. And I gave some smart aleck response. Like if I have a question about a career, you asked a question, what do you do in this state? And I said, well, I call my wife at clock spring on her eye and she tells me the answer, you know, and then you gave like a ha ha back. And then all of a sudden we just started having a conversation and boom, away it goes. And, and it really is. Uh, I know James and I feel the same way you do. It, it's absolutely wonderful. And the energy industry is riddled laden with relationships. I mean, that's what it's based on. You know, you mentioning Sarge, I haven't seen Sarge in so many years. I've seen him on LinkedIn, but I remember he and I had a couple of meetings in Houston two, three, four years ago, and he's a great guy. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, the, the other thing, the other aspect of LinkedIn is that when you're a professional, it doesn't matter if you're an engineer, if you're a salesperson, if you're, you know, what, it doesn't matter what your position is. But if you're a professional, you have to embrace LinkedIn, for example, and you have to really be able to work it. And, and what I mean by that is you have to read the posts that people put, like, share them, comment on them, yep. make sure you're posting on there, you know, reach out to different contacts. If contacts uh, reach out to you, connect with them because you never know where you, maybe you're in an industry like oil and gas. Obviously there's, there are people looking for positions, and I tell people, listen, I might not be the person who can get you hired, but put your put your resume out there on LinkedIn, post it, and I will support that. Now, yeah. what does that do? Well, you know, I've got a connections network, and those people connected to me are connected to other people. So it's a multiplying effect. Yeah, exactly. It's a multiplying effect. Yeah, Jim, we, we teach a class <clears throat> usually once a year about how to how to be better at LinkedIn, right? And everybody wants this cheat sheet or, you know, what do I do? What do I do? How do I gain? And and honestly, what do we tell them? We're like, just go out there and be real. It's social. Yeah. There's no cheat sheet. Interact with people, engage with people and create content. I mean, that's that's all it boils down to. And be yourself. And and it just when you add in the element of business, people tend to freak out a little bit. Um, you know, and don't don't want to say too much here. Don't want to bring this up, but man, it's been a phenomenal engine for so so many folks. So I'm glad to see somebody else doing it. Mr. Shower, you want to hit them with the last one? I, I got one final question for you, Jim. This is a hard one. Okay, so prepare yourself. I can see the sweat forming on your brow right now. Do you love what you do? Absolutely. Every day, I, I enjoy my life. I would never trade it for a trillion dollars or whatever whatever numbers come out of Congress. Mm -hmm. But I would uh, highly recommend people go out of your comfort zone. You know, people have said to me, "Hey, you know, you're talking in front of crowds of sometimes you know ten people, a hundred people, a thousand people." You're putting yourself out there on the internet. You're putting yourself on YouTube, LinkedIn, everything like that. You got to get out of your comfort zone. And the reason why is you discover who you are 
and you do discover that you're braver than what you thought you were mm-hmm. and you're willing to take chances to make opportunities happen. So be brave, be brave. Magic. Yeah. That's where the magic happens, man. It's when things get a little uncomfortable. James, I almost thought we had the first shortest answer to, do you love what you do going into that? Scared me. Yeah. I, I would, you know, well, you gotta be, you gotta be careful with me because um, as my wife will attest, I like to talk and I don't stop. So you have to be careful with me. Sometimes you have to ask me those yes or no questions to keep me a little bit quieter than normal. Man, you did great today, Jim. You've been an awesome guest. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on, talking about AMP. Um, We will link everything up. Hopefully, listen, our networks need to be in Jim's networks and Jim's networks need to be in our networks. Yep. Um, it's a huge uh, gift when we can uh, have folks on that get that part. So uh, thank you, sir. Yes. And uh, Jimmy Shower, I'll let you bring it home. So. I'll, I, I, will, I will get us out in a timely manner. Again, thank you, Jim, for joining us. It was very informative. It was great to have a new friend. Um, it's great to spend some time with you. Please, LinkedIn community, follow Jim, follow AMP. Uh, follow Coffee with Jim and James too, please hit the follow button. Uh, I know that if you have any questions to hit Jim up, if you would like to be a guest on Coffee with Jim and James, hit James or I up. And for the first time in the history of Coffee with Jim and James, we have all Jim and James's on it today. So we've made history today. So until next week, we do appreciate you each and every time tuning in. We appreciate it so much. So thank you. Until next week, be safe, have a great week, and we will uh, see you very soon. Bye-bye.